Welcome back, brain suckers. Speaking of brain suckers, that reminds me. Did you guys ever did you guys ever do that thing as a kid where you put your hands on someone's head and you're like, guess what this is? It's a brain sucker. Guess what it's doing? It's starving. <laughs> Just reminded me of that. That's why I have no friends. Okay, welcome back everyone. It's time for the next episode of Black Friday on Fear. In our last episode, if you'll recall, Bob and Tanya enjoyed some success. Tickle Me Tommy met his well-deserved end, and they even found a flamethrower, the weapon of choice for zombie hunters everywhere. And speaking of shopping, here's a word from our sponsor. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. So I want to take a second and just give a shout out to our wicked writer, E.A. Copen. I'm sure as you've been listening to this, you've been like, who wrote this? It's so good. With more than 50 books to her name, she's also a professional puppeteer. Of course, she's also worked in retail, which is why you have that ring of authenticity in Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Ah, speaking of which, Mark Club, or what's left of it, awaits. I'm your host, Pun Bandu, and this is Black Friday, Episode 6. The holiday season is about to end, listeners. Did Bob and Tanya also meet their end? They had outrun mutated electronics, fought off killer toys, and gained extra firepower. But was that enough to save their skins? Our story begins again as our intrepid retail employees watch the garden center explode in front of them. In walk the ghoulites. Bonehead, 
window liquor, and hook face. <laughs> Whoa! Bonehead and window liquor pushed aside the hanging debris and stepped through the hole they'd just blasted. Hookface, now with fewer hooks in his face and missing several chunks of flesh, stepped through the door, blocking their way. You will submit. Bob raised the flamethrower. I only do that on Thursdays. Bob, it is a Thursday. Yeah, but it's after midnight, which makes it Friday, right? Silence. Ready then for judgment. Arms lowered around Bob's torso from behind in a bear hug, pinning his limbs. Bob tilted his head back to see Bonehead's chiseled chin. Wow! You work out? Not the time, Bob. You have made a fool of us long enough. It is time for you to face judgment. Attention, Mark Club shoppers! We care about your safety. For now, please be sure to maintain a six-foot distance from our mannequins while making your selections this Black Friday. Avoid all eye contact and be sure to purchase a self-exorcism kit available at every register. Now available in smooth jazz style. Judgment! <laughs> what gives you the right to judge us? It is written in the Black Book. He who solves the sacred cube must have his worth judged. Only the worthy may experience the truth we have come to offer. The bliss that can only come from true suffering. Listen, to each their own, but I'm not really into the kinky stuff, pal. Be silent or I shall sew your mouth shut. Hookface surged forward to grip Bob's jaw in his icy hand. You claim to have solved the sacred cube, you irritant. You smear upon humanity. How is this possible? Well, guess I'm just lucky. <sighs> <coughs> Whoa, pal. You might want to back off on the peanut butter, onion, and anchovy sundaes because that is some rough morning breath. Don't you wish to know how you have been judged? No, not really. Why not? Because while you've been proselytizing, I've been priming this flamethrower with my thumb. We were forged in the fiery depths of hell. No flame can harm us. Maybe you were, but your clothes weren't. Say hello to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat washed over Bob. Ah! He was sure he lost his eyebrows. Hookface flailed wildly, only to spread the fire further. <laughs> wow! Bob carefully aimed the nozzle behind him before squeezing his eyes shut and pressing the button again. Fire spun all around, jumping onto Bonehead. She let go to pat out the flame. Window licker shoved Tanya away to grab Bob instead, but Bob spun to the side and aimed the nozzle at him. Tanya, duck! Seems like Window Licker inhaled some of the flame up his nose. Sucks for him. 
Flamethrower in tow, Tanya and Bob shouldered past Hookface and exited the garden center in a dead run toward the back of the store. Where do we go? I don't know, just keep running. I think they're right behind us. Movement on top of one of the nearby shelves caught Bob's eye. Marcy crawled along the wall like a spider. Marcy twisted her neck around and grinned at him. Hey, Tanya? Yeah? <laughs> Run faster! She finally looked up and saw Marcy just in time to watch her leap off the wall and land in front of them. Her head was on completely backward. They stopped and backed away. Bob felt like he was going to be sick. More from the running than anything. <sighs> Cardio may be life-saving in an apocalyptic situation. Oh, what's the matter? Don't you still want me, Tanya? <laughs> Shut up! The undeadites had recovered from the flamethrower and emerged from the ruins of the garden center, obviously pissed that Bob torched their leather. They were trapped between Marcy and the monstrous murder trio. Oh, I know. <laughs> this <laughs> Marcy reached up and twisted her head around the right way. Instead of spinning to face Bob and Tanya, however, she bent over backward and smiled at them upside down. Bob! I gotcha. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do that. What if she's still in here? What if you're wrong? You wouldn't want to kill an innocent woman, would you? Not little old Marcy Warsy. <laughs> Bob glanced at Tanya. The Marcy they knew was gone. Even if they destroyed the cube, she wasn't coming back. Not after that thing broke her neck. Marcy's dead and you killed her. Bob, light this asshole up. You heard the lady. Marcy fell, writhing on her back, desperately trying to snuff the flames. Bob, watch out! Bob turned just as window liquor lunged. He dropped the flamethrower and leapt for the safety of a t-shirt rack. Window liquor snarled and shoved the rack aside, chasing Bob further into the children's clothing section. He knocked over hanging racks, display shelves, and accessory stand. When he reached the next clearing, Bob turned for Tanya, but lost her. I hope Tanya got away. On a remote island in frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. A faint glow at the far end of the clothing section meant something was still on fire. Bob hoped the sprinklers would kick on, soon. Considering the power was out and the store was probably in hell, he wasn't sure what worked anymore. 
He picked his way carefully through the center of the clothing section, seeking cover. Tanya! Tanya! Where are you? Bob stepped out from behind a rack of ladies' undergarments and quickly hit again. Someone was prowling by the fitting rooms. Whoever it was stopped to sniff by him. Don't think. Just hide. Bob curled up as small as he could and thought invisible thoughts. I know you're here, Tanya. I can smell you. Come out, come out, wherever you are. I've got some merchandise with your name on it. <laughs> when Bob was sure she was gone, he peeked around the corner. She wasn't far, still close enough to barely make out her side profile. Marcy was black and burned to a crisp. Only her eyes remained untouched, and they bulged out of the sockets, unblinking. Just beyond where Marcy paced stood the fitting room stalls, doors closed. Above, jutting from a support pole at the center of the store, was one of those round reflective mirrors used as an anti-shoplifting measure. Bob saw Tanya curled into a ball on the seat in the middle stall. Marcy was just inches from her, and closing quickly. Bob thought the coast was clear. If he moved quickly, he could make it through the aisles to the manager's office, the ideal place to mount a defense. Plus, the manager's office might have useful supplies, staplers, flashlights, batteries, maybe a granola bar. Ah, damn it. What about Tanya? I have nothing except my trusty box cutter. That flamethrower was left behind and Hookface and his minions are probably waiting for me there. Think, Bob, think! Bob grabbed some pantyhose and tore them from the packaging to loop them between two shelves, creating a makeshift tripwire. Then he quietly opened his box cutter and stood. Hey, Marcy! <laughs> Bob took off, stepping over the pantyhose trap, Marcy in pursuit. Her foot caught on the hose and she fell face first. Bob slashed at her face. Her head jerked sideways, then twisted back. He shifted his stance and held the box cutter. Let's go, Valley Girl. Come back here, Bob! She tore three parallel cuts in Bob's overalls. Bob slashed up diagonally with the box cutter, then down, leaving deep gashes across her face. Told you these were dangerous! She leapt, going straight for his face. Bob caught her midair and they struggled. Bob's lower back suddenly decided then was a good time to give out. Oh, my back! Ow! He lost his footing and Marcy swung down. He thrust to keep her away and hit resistance. Bob shoved Marcy onto the sharp metal arm of the empty clothing rack, which plowed right through her flame-charred body. Nice work, Bob. Even impaled by a metal bar, Marcy didn't stop trying to get at Bob, but she couldn't get free. He watched her struggle, reaching with blind desperation, 
The blank expression confirmed it. There really wasn't anything left of Marcy in there at all. He clicked the blade out another notch. With his other hand, Bob grabbed her singed bangs and held her head back, exposing her neck. Give hell my regards. No, no, Bob! No! no. He dragged the box cutter blade across her throat. Sure, it sounds easy, but it wasn't, given the cartilage and muscle fibers. Dark blood spilled out, drenching Bob from head to steel-toed boots. But eventually, the lights finally went out in Marcy's eyes. Her body went limp, and Bob let her go. Bob? Bob stepped away from Marcy's corpse, wiping a sleeve across his face. She's gone. Tanya nodded and hugged herself. Bob put an arm around her and led them away from the fitting rooms. We'll get them, Tanya. For Marcy. <sighs> For Marcy. Mortals! You will be judged! The manager's office, quickly! Tanya and Bob sprinted, reaching the door to the employees-only section and shoving through it into absolute darkness, darker than the sales floor. Bob fought to get out his tiny keychain light, but it barely penetrated. Our sturdy retail heroes felt their way along the wall, past the break room, past the two walk-in freezers. Oh, God. Here it is. Inside. Go. Go, go, go. Until they tumbled into the safety of the manager's office. So, things didn't really go according to plan, did they? But uh, what did you expect with two episodes left? Things couldn't wrap up that easily. The penultimate episode of Black Friday is upon us, and I know you don't want to miss it. See you next time. You're listening to Fear, Black Friday. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Black Friday is created and written by E.A. Copen, Produced by Diana M. Foe and Haley Wagreich. And executive produced by Fred Armisen, Julian Yap, and Molly Barton. Starring Fred Armisen, Brian Fairley, Tiana Camacho, Aaron Costaganis, Debbie Derryberry, Will Choi, Dwayne Hill, Alec Lawless, Alex Cazares, Jeff Shine, Chris Okawa, Marco Antonio Rodriguez, and Stephanie Shea. Audio produced, directed, and sound designed by Fred Greenhalgh. Additional editing by Corey Barton. 
original music composition and orchestration by Hashem Asadolahi, with digital orchestration by Andrew Rowan and performances by Pete McCann, Andrew Washburn, April Guthrie, Harrison Kirk, Joey Lamb, and Hashem Asadolahi. Original cover art by Annie Wu. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. Fear is produced by Mary Asadolahi and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Pun Van Du. Audio editing by Felicia Dominguez. Original theme by Hashem Asadolahi. Featuring drummer Andrew Niven and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Fear by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.